Well, thank you so much, Corey. Um, so, yes, my name is uh, Erica Holston, and I'm a relationship and a communication coach. And as Corey said, I am married, and I've been married for seven blissful years, and I praise God for that. Um, thank you also, too, for giving me the opportunity to speak to your audience and welcome. Um, I would just like to start off with a quick prayer, asking the Lord to bless our time together. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just ask for you to give us the understanding that we need. Open up our hearts. May we have the faith and believe that you are able to do all things. And so, Lord, I just ask for you to give us the understanding, open up our minds and our hearts through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I love being um, married, but before I was married, I was single. And I know that there may be some singles on here asking what is to be married and um, what does a Christ-like marriage um, look like. And so... We are going to talk about things from a single's perspective as well as a marriage, um, well, people who are actually uh, married uh, together. So as far as being single, uh, one of the things that I would like to encourage singles is to know that um, husbands and wives are to submit themselves um, to Jesus first and then submit themselves uh, to each other. And the word submit um, basically means is that you have a understanding that um, so submission means is to accept or yield a superior force to an authority or will of another person. And so our day and age, we might not actually see as submitting to each other as a good thing, but as far as the word of God is concerned, it is order. And as it is order, out of respect, we submit to Jesus and now we submit to each other because it's the honorable thing to do. And when it comes to marriage, marriage is honorable. And so some of the scriptures that I am basically coming out of as far as context is speaking is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 through 33. And so 21 says, it says, being subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, again, we are to submit to one another, but it is because of our relationship with Jesus as a deep reverence, a deep respect for Christ, that we are to submit to each other. And not only is submission a good thing, but a submission is a way of communicating that I love you. Submission is communicating that I respect you. I respect your role as my husband. I respect your role as my wife. And I respect Jesus being in our relationship together. And as Jesus is the head of the church, Jesus is the head of each and every marriage when it comes to um, being in the church, when it comes to being Christ-like, when it comes to having a relationship with the Lord. And so one thing that I've always learned being a wife is that order is good. And, you know, some of us, you know, may want to live our lives the way that we want to and we want to disregard as far as, like, structure but the word of God is clear is that when we have structure, it is a um, blueprint as to how we can do things. 
And so submitting to your husband, submitting to your wife, submitting to Jesus is a good thing, and it shouldn't be a backsliding thing, but it should be something that is cherished. It should be something that is nourished, and it should be a way of us saying to each other, you know what, I love you. And because I love you, I am going to submit to you out of my deepest respect to the Lord. And so verse 22, it says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands as service to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. And so all of the future wives, all of the wives out there, I would just like to encourage you is that we should, as wives, submit to our own husbands and not to our pastors, not to another man, but we should actually submit to our husbands as our first priority. I'm going to say that again. We should submit ourselves to our husbands as our first priority. A little bit earlier I had mentioned that order is good, and because we as wives submit to our husbands, we know who we should submit to first as well as Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, it's Jesus, and then it's submitting ourselves uh, to our husbands. And then secondly, the word of God, it says here, is that the husband is the head of the wife. You know, I believe that husbands are our protectors. I believe that our husbands are the head of the wife. I believe that husbands are the head of the household. There has to be someone who is in authority. There has to be someone who is willing to protect the family. There has to be someone who is willing to look out for the family, and that responsibility goes on the husband. And so, you know, not only that, you know, the Word of God says it's not good for a man to be alone, but that a man, a husband, should have a helper. And so we as wives, we are our husband's helper. It doesn't say that necessarily our husbands need us, but they need help. And so, you know, it's good to do things in pairs as couples. And not only that, you know, we have God on our side. And as we have God on our side, guess what? We can conquer anything. And also, too, the word of God says is that three strands can be easily broken. And so, you know, this order, this way of doing things is a good thing. And it's not going to go out of style because the word of God is true. The word of God is real. And so I just hope that I'm encouraging you to to learn that, you know, if you are struggling with submitting to your husband, if you are struggling with submitting to God, just ask him to give you the strength. Ask him to give you the faith. Ask him to help your unbelief. Ask him to give you the peace that you need. Ask him to give you the love that you need in order to love your wife, in order to love him, in order to love your husband. Whatever it looks like for you, just know that God wants us to love each other because this word of God is true, it's foundational, it's not going anywhere, and from beginning to end, it is God's word. And that's what we're standing on. We're standing on God's word, and we are standing on the love of God. And so just going down a little bit further, it says, Husbands, love your wife. Seek the highest good for her and surround her with a care and unselfish love. And so, husbands, 
you know, some men possibly struggle with, well, I don't know exactly how to love my wife or I don't know exactly how to receive love. Well, I want you to know that there is hope for you. There is hope for your situation. There is hope for your wife, and there is hope for your marriage. So if you are struggling with learning how to love your wife, ask God. Ask God to give you the love that you need. Ask God to strengthen the relationship that you have with him in order for that love that you have between you and him that it can that it can actually filtrate to your wife because it is good. It is good to have a high regard to your wife. It is good to have a good respect for your wife, and it is good to surround her with unselfish love because that's what Jesus did for us. He loves us unselfishly, and unselfish love is agape love. It is love without no bounds. And so, you know, we might struggle with, you know, men might struggle with, you know, our their egos. Men might struggle with pride. Well, let me tell you, I want to encourage you, don't let your pride, don't let your ego get in the way. But in the name of Jesus, love your wife. In the name of Jesus, love being married. In the name of Jesus, love the Lord God himself, and he is going to show you how to love your wife. And so I want to read this scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. It says, love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and it is not proud, arrogant, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not provoked, nor overly sensitive, and easily angered. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at justice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. And so the word of God is true, is that love endures. And so if you, you as a husband, you are struggling with, you know, being patient with your wife, let me encourage you to ask the Lord to give you the patience that you need in order for you to love her properly. And love is kind and love is thoughtful. And so if there is anything that is hindering you, if there is anything that is stopping you from loving your wife, whether if it's unforgiveness, whether if it's something that's happened in your past, just go ahead and lay it at the altar and ask God, show me what it is that I need to do to love my wife. Show me what it is that I need to do to have a high regard for her. Show me what it is I need to do in order for me to love my wife unselfishly. And let me tell you, you will honor God. You will honor your wife. Your wife will appreciate you more. Your wife could possibly want to do more for you because you are loving her, but you are loving her the way that she was created. And as you love her the way that she was created, it is not only honorable for your marriage, but it is honorable with the relationship that you have with the Lord. And so when it talks about husbands, again, it says even those husbands should and are morally obligated to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his own wife loves himself. So do you love your wife? But men, husbands, you need to learn to love yourself. You need to ask yourself, what does loving me look like? How can I 
increase the love level that I have for myself? How can I increase the love level that I have for Jesus? How can I increase the love that I am able to have within my vessel and in order for me to give to my wife? And so what is what is the word of God saying here? It is basically saying is that if you love yourself, you will be able to love your wife. And so if you are struggling with loving yourself, if you are struggling with I'm not good enough, if you are struggling with, well, I don't know, I just have some uncertainty, I'm just trying to figure my way out, I don't know my purpose, but let me tell you, there is still hope for you. There is still hope for your marriage. There is still hope for your wife. And that means is that, you know, it is never too late to learn to love yourself. It is never too late to know what love looks like. And so I hope this encourages you to really think about what can I do to love myself? How can I show myself love? And one of the biggest things that, you know, just moving on, one of the biggest things that I actually see as a relationship coach is this, is that, you know, some married couples can actually let people get in their business when they should keep their business private. I'm going to say that again. Some married couples, they don't keep their marriage business private, but they share with too many untrusted people. I want to encourage you is that as a man of God, as a husband, you should protect your marriage. You should keep the issues that you have guarded and protected And if you need any wise counsel, it should be with someone who is for your good and someone who will not tear down your marriage, not someone who will tear down your household, but in the name of Jesus, that it will actually be someone who wants to see you succeed. It will be someone who wants you to have wise counsel. It would be somebody who wants to see you to win as a man of God, as a husband, and also, too, as far as the wives. I know as ladies, we can actually want to tell our girlfriends this or our sisters this and all these other things, and, you know, it's, it's okay and it's good in some cases, but we need to use the spirit of discernment more, meaning is that you should be able to discern what should I share and what shouldn't I share, because there are some things that we need to keep private in prayer. There are some things that we need to keep private behind closed doors, and there are some things that you should only keep between each other. And so the reason why the word of God here says is that when a man... um, Verse 31, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined and be faithful, devoted to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And so even for your parents, you don't let your parents get in your business. But when you, as a husband, you leave your parents' household, you cleave to your wife. You come towards your wife and you just say, you know what, we in this together. We team whatever your last name is, and you will become one flesh. Become one flesh. It doesn't say that it is instantaneous. It just doesn't happen so quickly. But what it means is that, you know, you got to actually work at becoming 
one together. And some ways that you can do that is to pray together. Some ways that you can do that is to spend some time together. For example, I encourage married couples to at least have 15 to 30 minutes a day talking to each other. After you put the kids away or if you, you don't have any children, make sure that you make your marriage a priority by actually spending your time together communicating with each other. Hey, how's your day going? How are you feeling? Where are you? Like, is there anything that I can do better? These are some prime examples as far as, like, questions that you can ask each other. But one thing is for sure, and I'm going to encourage this as we go through this podcast, is this, is that your marriage is your priority. And as your marriage is priority, you make sure that you protect your marriage and that you don't let other people get in your business, but you take it to the altar and you take it to Jesus and you say, Lord, show me how to deal with this because I don't even know how. He getting on my nerves, she getting on my nerves, but I want us to stick together because I want this to win. And so, again, it basically says here that, again, when you get married as a husband, you will leave your father and your mother. Basically, your father and your mother were your first foundation when you were born, when you were raised from a child to a teenage, even to a young adult. But when you get married to your wife, you two become one flesh. You two become one together. You work at it together. And as you work at it together, it gets easier, but it doesn't mean that tests won't come. It doesn't mean that things won't happen, but it does mean this, is that you would be willing to work at it together. And it's okay if you have challenges. It's okay if you have obstacles. But even though you might have challenges, even though you may have obstacles, guess what? If two are willing to do the work together, if two are willing to pray together, if two are willing to say, Jesus, help me, let me tell you, he is going to work it out for you because you have a high regard for him. You have a high respect for him. You are seeking help. You are acknowledging, I am weak. I don't know what to do. I don't know exactly how to do it. But guess what? You know where to go. And as you go to him, he's going to show you how to become one flesh. He's going to show you how to communicate. He's going to show you how to love. He's going to show you, husbands, how to love unselfishly. He's going to show you as a wife how to have a high regard for your husband. He's going to show you even how to submit to each other. But as you submit to each other, you're submitting to Jesus. And as I continue, it says, however, each man among you without exception is to love his wife as his very own self with behavior worthy of respect and esteem, always seeking the best for her with an attitude of loving kindness, and the wife must see to it that she respects and delights in her husband, that she notices him and prefers him and treats him with loving concern, treasuring him, honoring him, and holding him dear. So what am I saying? What is the word of God saying? The word of God trumps everything. The word of God trumps any book. This is your lifeline. 
This is the blueprint for your life. This, the word of God is a blueprint for your marriage. It will show you, but you've got to seek the word in order to know the word and then apply the word, then believe the word. So, again, husband, love your wife as yourself. And as you love your wife, make sure that you love her in such a way that your behavior is worthy of respect, meaning that when your ego wants to get in the way, learn how to deal with your ego but still love her. Learn how to deal with your ego and not let it get in the way. Learn how to deal with your ego and learn how to communicate with your wife because You love your wife. You love God. You love your family. You will always be able to seek the best for your wife, but it starts with your attitude. It starts with your mindset. It starts within your heart. And if you need to deal with something, guess what? It's possible for you to deal with those things. And with your relationship with God, he will show you how to do that. And so for the wise, did you notice that the word of God, it does not say that your husband necessarily needs you to love him. The word of God says here is that your husband needs your respect. Your husband, he needs your encouragement. Your husband needs your loving concern. Your husband needs you to treasure him. Your husband needs you to honor him. And your husband needs you to hold him dearly. Your husband needs your respect. I don't care what your husband does, always respect him in your house and outside of your house. Don't even talk bad about your husband. If you have any feelings that are, are bad, that are negative towards your husband, I want to encourage you, pray about it. Two, if, if, if it's that much of a weight, seek counseling. But don't talk bad about your husband to somebody else. I'll tell you why. I knew a friend who went and told someone about her husband, and it was in a negative manner. And the situation worked itself out as time went on. But when the wife went back to her friend to talk to her friend, her friend was like, so how he treating you? How are things going with you guys? And it puts such a bad taste in her mouth. And she's already moved on, but this friend hasn't moved on. So I just want to encourage you is that respect your husband in the house and outside the house. Submit to your husband in the house and outside the house. I would love to make a recommendation to married couples, and it is this. Whether if you are in each other's faces or not, make sure your behavior stays the same. 
Don't do anything that you wouldn't do in front of your wife. Don't do anything that you wouldn't do in front of your husband because that's creating a healthy boundary. That's creating a protection for your marriage. That's what that's doing. Not only that, you are showing honor to God. That's what this is all about. Marriage is about doing the honorable thing. We might not talk about honor a lot, but let me tell you, honor is foundational. And we need to honor each other. In each other's faces and outside of each other's faces. So, wives, let's delight in our husbands. Let's encourage our husbands by supporting the visions, by supporting his dreams, by supporting his wants and his needs under the right context. So whatever it is, delight in your husband. If things are shaky, feel delight in your husband. If he is not acting right, pray for him. And so I'm going to just reinforce it just as the word of God reinforces. You should prefer your husband over any man because your husband is your first priority. Your marriage is your ministry and your marriage is your priority. And as it is so, prefer your husband over any other man. Talk about your husband to him. Talk about your husband to him. Saying, oh, you're so strong. Oh, I like the way you did that. Oh, show me again. And so if there is anything that is troubling your husband or your husband is getting quiet and different things like that and you can actually feel a shift of the energy change or whatever the case may be, show your husband loving concern. Say, is anything wrong? Is there anything that I can do for you? Because as men, they like to be quiet. They like to process things. They like to think about things. And as they're thinking about things and they're trying to sort things out and they don't want to say anything, haven't processed it yet, they haven't made a decision about it yet. But as a wife, you too have a great responsibility, and that is to help your husband, to care for your husband, and to show him concern. And as you show him concern and get him to open up, saying, is there anything that I can help you with? What are you thinking about? Do, do we need to have a date night? What, what do you need from me? We are, as husbands and wives, are supposed to be service to each other. Not only that, we should treasure our husbands. You know, as a wife and being married for seven years, my husband and I, we say thank you, please, and you're welcome to each other every day. It is the honorable thing to do. Amen. It is an honor, me as a wife, to treasure my husband by saying thank you. Thank you for being my husband. Thank you for being a great man of God. And he reciprocates that back to me. And lastly, I just want to encourage you is that love doesn't tear down, but love will always build up. 
So let's say that you as a husband and a wife, you're in an argument. You're in the heat of the moment. Emotions are just flying everywhere. And you say things that you don't mean, but you say it because you just wanted to get it off your chest. Let me tell you, be careful. Be careful of the things that you say to each other. Ask God to give you the discipline in order for you to know how to speak to each other, even in disagreement. And he'll be able to show you how to agree to disagree. And one of the things that's going to help you is unselfish love. And you say, well, Erica, I don't know about all that. I don't know exactly how I can implement that with the way that we communicate to each other. Let me tell you, if there's a will, there's a way. If you are willing to train your mind saying, you know what, the next time that we have an argument, I think I'm going to take a five-minute break and I'm going to come back to you because I don't want to say anything hurtful, anything hurtful to tear down my marriage. I don't want to say anything to hurt you. But I want to take a break just for a brief moment. Please, please let me have a brief moment and let us come back together when emotions aren't as high. That right there, that strategy right there, that's going to help you to build your marriage. That strategy right there is going to help you to share unselfish love. That strategy right there is going to help you to respect your husband. That strategy right there, and I'm going to just say this other thing. Don't mention the divorce word unless you really mean it. Divorce can tear a marriage down just like that. I just want to encourage you to love each other, to respect each other, to honor each other, and to be the same with each other either in your faith or out of your faith. I hope that this encourages you how to love. I hope that the strategies that I have given you will help you to to live your marriage easily. So do I have any questions? That was good. I I had a question. Uh well it's a two it's two questions. Well it's one question just for both the husband and the wife, but uh why is it so difficult to submit and why is it so difficult for husbands to love like Christ loved the yeah. church? Why is, what, what, what is the difficulty? Why is that? I think that why is it hard for wives to submit or to each other? Yes, why is it hard for wives to submit to their husbands okay. and husbands to love like Christ loved the church? Okay. Yeah. So I believe that it's hard for wives to submit is because we have a lot of life experiences and with millennials and the culture that we are raised in, we are taught that we can get whatever we want. We can pursue our dreams. We can pursue our visions. We can pursue ministries, businesses, whatever the case may be. And so with a lot of part of our lives, we are able to take control of those things. 
instantaneously. It's like, oh, I can do this, I can do that. But when it comes to submitting to your husband, it means that you have to be able to humble yourself. And I believe the reason why is because when you are in the pilot seat for so long that sometimes it's hard to sit over in the passenger seat. But it will take training as far as, like, when it comes to your mind and a new way of seeing things in order to learn how to submit. And it could be also pride as well. But it's possible to learn how to submit. And it is possible to receive the blessings of the Lord because you are willing to submit to your husband. And so your second um, question when it comes to why is it hard for husbands to love their wives as Christ loves the church? I think that some men aren't actually taught how to love unconditionally. They are taught how to love in the behaviors that they learn love. And because of that, because of not knowing all of the facets of love and to love in each and every area and, and to be possibly un, underdeveloped, and, that, and I'm not saying that in a judgmental context, but I'm saying it as far as life experiences. If you don't have that life experience to love in all areas, in all ways, that it'll be hard to do something that you don't have experience in. But it doesn't stop there. What it means is, is that if you want to learn how to love, if you want to learn how to be trained, all you have to do is ask the Father, show me how to love as Christ loves the church, and be willing to go through that process and don't allow your ego to get in the way, but to know that loving unconditionally towards your wife, loving unconditionally towards the church as Christ loves the church means is that it's an honorable thing to do. Um, can you share your perspective on when people say, well, I didn't see a healthy marriage, so I don't really know how to behave like a husband or I don't know how to behave like a wife. Maybe, you know, their parents were never married or they didn't really see growing up people married, and so sometimes they use that as an excuse as to whatever behavior they may be having. That, that definitely is a problem, not being able to, to see a marriage but at the same time, we can't be making excuses for each other. We have to be willing to grow. We have to be willing to be trained and to move past what we know. When you are willing to move past what you know, it gives you the opportunity to learn and to live as you should. So I want to encourage everybody here is that don't allow excuses to get in your way. Don't allow previous disappointments to get in your way. But be willing to buckle down and to do the work. Be willing to say to yourself, you know what, even though I didn't see it, I know it's possible for me to live the way that Christ wants me to live. I'm going to give you an example. LeBron James. 
he didn't grow up in a two-parent household. He didn't have a father who was an NBA player. He grew up poor. But LeBron James didn't allow anything to get in his way in order for him to be the NBA player that he is, to be the, to be the husband that he is. He didn't allow any of those things to get in his way. So I'm not exalting LeBron James, but what I'm saying is this, is that we got to get rid of the excuses. We got to be willing to train ourselves. We have to be willing to see it as an opportunity to grow and to move forward. So I have a question. What do you, out of this message spoke to you the most? Going to the Lord for advice. The one thing the one thing that this whole section of Ephesians starts out with us submitting to one another, which is not optional if you're a believer. Mm-hmm. That's not optional. That's a command. And he says you do it out of reverence for Christ. So if if we're not reverencing Christ, you're not going to get anything. You can just blow it all off because I'm not reverencing Christ. I can't do it because he says in chapter 15 of John, without me you can do anything. So the whole the whole issue of being a dependent, childlike person in your relationship with the Lord Jesus before you can be this, this um, well, what I want to call us, uh, the mature husbands and wives that we think we are. We have to be childlike before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then childlike says, I don't have all the answers. And we remain dependent on Without him, there's not going to be a marriage. You can call it, not in the context of what God, God's word says. We're dependent. And, and sometimes in our marriages, we need to show our partner that we are, in fact, dependent on the Lord. We're not our own. Bought with a price. And then it sort of ties back to the humility, but... But presenting yourself, presenting yourself as, hey, I'm not all that. I'm just as dependent on the Lord Jesus as you are. Yes. And he's what's going to make things work. I would would like to ask... um, whether if you're um, single, dating, or married, like what's one of the number one challenges that you have? Um, I, I don't know if I would call it a challenge, but it's something that we have to focus on. So we've been married 16 years, and we have two very active sons that need to go to baseball practice and basketball practice and football practice and uh, church camp, and, you know, we run them around. 
and just being very intentional about the time that we spend together as a family, the time that we spend together um, on date nights, the time we spend alone or with God. So just being very intentional because if not, then the days could just pass you by and you look up and you've not even had dinner together or you've not really had a conversation. So it, it doesn't always have to be big things. We, we try to take a walk every night and we'll, we'll talk about whatever, you know, happened during, on our day and we might try to have a phone call during the day um, and just keep each other a priority because if not, there will be so many things that's going to take your time. And it might feel like the right things, all right, right? Everybody wants to make sure their kids are getting where they need to go and, you know, that you're spending that time. But um, if you're not careful, you, you know, you hear about these people who are empty nesters and they look up like, who are you? They don't know what their wife likes. They don't know what their husband, you know, their hobbies. And they don't know how to enjoy one another. So, um we're just very intentional about enjoying one another, so being husband and wives and being parents. And thank, thank you, uh, Marsha, for sharing that. Um, and that's one of the things that I encourage, you know, uh, couples is to, you know, make each other a priority. You know, you married, you are married to each other. And you have to come first and you have to put your marriage first because your marriage is going to be a reflection in your family. So if there is a disconnect between a husband and a wife, well, your children would be able to see that and it could cause disconnect in your family. But as you work together, as you said so eloquently, as you work together, as you become intentional, as you, you know, be create a, a purposeful time together that you keep your connection strong and then your children are able to see that you have a strong connection which gives them more security and which makes them honor you too because you honor each other. I hope that this message encouraged you. I hope that the questions that were asked and the answers that were given, that they encouraged you as well. Um, know that there is always hope. Know that you can always believe that God is able to do greater and to not to depend on your own strength, but in the name of Jesus, that we can have life victoriously through him and in him. And so, in summary, I would just like to encourage you as husbands to love your wives, and if that's a stumbling block for you as far as agape love is concerned, so pray about it and be willing to learn how to love with an agape love. Not only that, learn how to love yourself, because it all starts off with you learning how to love yourself, and just know that your wife is basically that is her right to receive unconditional love from you. And then when it comes to wives, please don't let pride get in the way of submitting. Please don't allow anything to get in the way of you respecting your husband and showing honor to your husband. 
But in the name of Jesus, be an encouragement to your husband. Don't tear him down. Don't tear down your marriage. Husbands, don't tear down your marriage. But the main focus should be is to build up your marriage. The main focus should be is to have a high regard, a high reverence, toward Jesus, and he will show you how to love your husband. He will show you how to respect your wife, and it will all work together for the good who love the Lord. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.